This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. ER Vet is brought to you by Carnivora. Get healthy and stay healthy with nature's nutritional powerhouse. Welcome to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm a board-certified emergency critical care veterinary specialist and toxicologist. Thanks for joining us. Today, we're going to be talking about heartworm disease with Dr. Craig Pryor. We'll be right back after these messages. Hi, this is Deborah Lau, president of Carnivore Research International. Did you know that people have used Carnivore for their pets successfully for a wide range of immune challenges for many decades? Here are Carnivore clients sharing their pet's testimonial. Our little dog developed this lymph problem. We took him in for surgery last year. We noticed a lump on his chest that was a lymph node that was swelled up. So the doctor checked it out and had it analyzed and everything. And uh, at the chemotherapy lasted for six months. He started developing more uh, lymph nodes that were swelled up. So I thought I'd just try carnivore. We started that and uh, he really responded. The lymph nodes started to go down, swelling did. Then I took him into the vet to have him checked out and there was no sign of any disease at all inside in the internal organs at all. Call 866-836-8735. That's 866-836-8735. Or visit carnivore.com. That's C-A-R-N-I-V-O-R-A.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Really excited to chat with Dr. Craig Pryor about heartworm disease. So if you have a dog or a cat, you want to pay attention because a lot of pet owners are confused when it comes to heartworm. They think, eh, I don't really need this. My vet's just trying to sell me something. But we're going to talk to Dr. Craig Pryor on why this is important. So Dr. Pryor, first of all, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Happy to be here. So just so our audience knows who you are, do you mind just giving us a little bit of background about who you are, where you train, and what you do now? Yes. So I am a practicing veterinarian. I'm a graduate of the University of Queensland in Australia. I graduated from veterinary school back in 1984, uh, moved to the US in 86, and been practicing here ever since. I owned an eight-doctor practice in Nashville, Tennessee. I was also own a partner in three emergency clinics as well in Middle Tennessee. I currently do a lot of consulting and speaking and I sit on the board of the Companion Animal Parasite Council. So the Companion Animal Parasite Council is a national nonprofit. We are there to help veterinarians by providing guidelines on parasites and prevention and treatment, et cetera, everything you need to know about parasites of dogs and cats, and also to help educate the general public, dog and cat owning public about uh, parasites of their pets as well and how best to keep them healthy. And um, protect, you know, our ultimate goal is to see every pet tested and every pet protected from parasites. If we can do that, we can pack our bags and go home. Wonderful. Job well done. Thank you. So, so important. Pet owners can go there too. So when in doubt, you can always find some amazing information, including maps. 
Yes. Where there could be certain diseases in your neighborhood at the Companion Animal Parasite Council website. So please make sure to check that out. You can simply go to capvet.org. It's C-A-P-C-Vet.org for more information. Or petsandparasites.org. Ah, even better. So that one's even better for pet owners. So thank you for clarifying that. Now, I did want to talk to you. A lot of times when I'm talking to some of my pet owners in the emergency room, I'll say, hey, is your dog on a heartworm medication? And they'll usually rattle off an instant mistake. They'll say, oh, yeah, he's on this medication. When that medication actually gets fleas and ticks. So oftentimes, pet owners are confused on what heartworm is and how it's different from flea and tick medication. Now, do you just mind explaining what exactly is heartworm? And does my indoor cat need to be on it? Does my outdoor dog need to be on it? Give us a little bit of background about what it is and what potential damage it can cause. Right. You know, the first thing I'd say is, you know, people get confused because they can't see them. You know, fleas and ticks, you can see, but you know, heartworms you can't because they actually live in the the adult heartworms live in the heart and lungs mainly the lungs of dogs and cats and these worms are up to 12 to 14 inches long so the basic life cycle is that the um, worms reproduce and they produce what we call microfilaria these are baby worms that float around in the bloodstream and a mosquito comes along and bites an infected animal and picks up the baby heartworm in the larval stages. And it goes through a changes in the mosquito. And then the mosquito eventually bites a, another pet, uninfected pet. And the baby heartworm is injected beneath the skin during the feeding process. It then migrates into the tissues, lives in the tissues for four to six months, turns into an adult, migrates to the heart and lungs and the life cycle continues so what i hope you picked up in there that the defining you know the biggest thing in there is it's the mosquito the mosquito is what causes the spread and you know a lot of people think that well you know my pet's not at risk it's totally indoors i don't you know i got screens on my windows well you know there's over 70 different species of mosquitoes in the united states most people don't realize that and there's over 20 species of mosquitoes that actually will transmit heartworm and all these mosquitoes likes different types of slightly different environments and different type of things so there's mosquitoes that like to feed indoors they actually are indoor mosquitoes and they will actually hang around doors and windows. When people open them, boom, they're going to go in because that's where they want to be. There's other mosquitoes that you can squeeze through mosquito netting. They're very, very adapt. Parasites are dynamic and ever changing. And so mosquitoes will get into your pet. The other interesting thing is that the average mosquito will fly anywhere from 150 feet to a mile and a half. So that's the range of the mosquito. And there was actually a study done that there's a heartworm positive dog, 74% of the mosquitoes around that dog are going to be carrying microfilaria. And if that mosquito can fly up to a mile and a half, any pet within a mile and a half of a heartworm positive animal is going to be at risk, including indoor animals. And that's the big thing. I've seen multiple cats that are indoor only that carry heartworms. So I guess we need to say, well, why I should be worried about heartworms? Well, you know, it's a devastating disease. It's a lifelong disease. You can have an animal that's infected with heartworms and what happens, it causes damage to the lungs, damage to the heart, damage to other organs in the body, right? And But the thing is, if you treat the animal and get rid of the heartworms, so firstly, you can treat dogs. There's no treatment for cats. And in cats, one of the clinical signs is sudden death. That's a really bad clinical sign. But in dogs, if you treat them, you can get rid of the 
uh, heartworms, but the damage is done and the damage to those lungs is going to be lifelong for that pet. It will always have problems. So clinical signs in dogs, coughing, exercise intolerance, you're going to get liver failure, you can get kidney failure, you're going to get heart failure, uh, all kinds of you know severe respiratory signs. In cats, it's just a, a severe respiratory disease. In young cats, it's called HARDS. Uh, it's the acronym for it. And it's called heartworm associated respiratory disease. It's what it starts, stands for. And then sudden death as well. And in cats, unfortunately, you can't treat it. You just got to treat symptomatically and wait for the heartworms to die off by themselves, which can take years. Okay. So it sounds like, and I will say I'm based out of Minnesota in the Twin Cities. And even in the middle of winter, we have definitely found mosquitoes inside. And we always joke in Minnesota that the state bird is the mosquito. So we are well aware of the dangers of mosquitoes to ourselves as an inconvenience when we're outside at a cabin or swimming. But again, even in the middle of the winter, I still find these buggers inside. So it can be really frustrating. All right. It's all about microclimates. And you think about if you're living in a big city, you know, New York City or somewhere like that, or even, you know, Minneapolis, you've got these high rises and they've got all the heating vents and things like this. And there's snow on the ground that melts and you get the high. And and so it can be 50 something degrees. It's a microclimate. It's perfect for mosquitoes. I was talking to a veterinarian that lived on the 11th story of a high rise in New York City. And he was telling me a story that in the middle of winter, there was two foot of snow on the ground. It was minus 20 degrees or whatever, 20 degrees outside in New York City. And he said he walked inside the 11th story corridor going to his apartment. And he said he was swarmed by mosquitoes because it was 70 degrees in the corridor. They find places to live, microclimates. Yeah. And I think that's a frustrating thing. So a lot of people say, oh, I live in an apartment. My cat doesn't go outside. My dog doesn't go outside, or he only goes outside to pee for five minutes and then he's back inside. And I think the hardest thing is people don't realize these heartworms are relatively long. So they're about a foot long and they really cause a lot of damage to the heart and lungs, the blood vessels. And like Dr. Pryor mentioned, they can result in this really horrible disease called HARD or heartworm associated respiratory disease in cats. Now, I will say years ago when I was really overwhelmed, I was not, uh, well, I don't want to blame my two-legged kid, but when my two-legged kid was born, I realized six months later that I had totally forgotten to give heartworm medication to my dog. And I instantly drove him to the emergency clinic that I work at, got him blood tested right away and started his medication within 24 hours. And that's the hardest thing. A lot of owners say, oh, I totally forgot. If this vet can forget, the important thing to remember is you can either talk to a veterinarian about an injectable preventative where that can protect your dog. So if you can't remember, you don't have it on your Google calendar, you can just get an injection that lasts six months to a year to protect your dog. And this is really important because of the potential side effects from it. Now, I oftentimes will have friends contact me who aren't in the veterinary field and say, oh, my cat all of a sudden just acutely was found dead. And sometimes that's from heart disease, but like Dr. Pryor mentioned, sometimes it's from heartworm disease. I hate heartworm disease in cats because it's really hard to diagnose and there's no treatment for it. So when it comes to heartworm, Dr. Pryor, do you mind just explaining a little bit more? So it's the mosquito that starts the heartworm cycle. And can you just explain, so if it bites the dog or the cat, then what happens? 
So when it's feeding on the dog or the cat, the larval stage, we call it the L3 stage, it actually is deposited on the skin while the uh, mosquito is feeding, and then it penetrates where the mosquito is feeding and goes into the tissues. And then the larval stage goes through a couple of uh, molts and it goes, it goes through a couple of different changes. And then it lives in those tissues for about four to six months, and then eventually becomes an adult worm and then migrates through the body back to the heart and lungs and lives in the vessels there again. That's how the cycle is completed. Uh, so it sounds like we know that dogs and cats can definitely be affected. Now I have some people who say, oh, I live in Alaska. I don't need to have my dog on it. Where do we see heartworm disease more within the United States or within North America? So it tends to be a more a warm weather area. So you tend to see more cases in the Southeast. So, you know, it's those Southern states, Texas, you know, you sort of think of the Mason-Dixon line in South. Florida is a huge area for heartworms. And, you know, but the thing is, we're seeing massive movement of heartworm now. And the reason we're seeing that is that, and it all really started with Hurricane Katrina. There was a massive displacement of of pets, uh, mainly dogs. And there was all these rescues that had no places to go. So they were adopted out all over the country. And really that started a movement now that after every time we see a natural disaster, we see all these pets that are displaced, they're adopted out and moved all over the country. And now we've got this massive movement of animals from humane associations and rescues that are being funneled all over the country as you know, areas like the Northeast have a shortage of adoptable animals. West Coast has a shortage of adoptable animals. The Southeast has got an excess, so it's moved. But the trouble is we know that on, uh, less than a third of rescues and humane associations even test or treat or put on prevention animals against heartworm disease. And so these animals are moved and they're heartworm positive and they're adopted out. And a lot of people don't realize it until they get to their vet. But, you know, the thing is, is, and this is advice I give to everybody, is that if you adopt an animal, you should have it to your veterinarian within 48 hours. You should have it taken to your veterinarian. And even if the adopting agency says it's a healthy pet, I want to see that animal with 48 hours. I want to review the medical records. I want to see what it's had. I want to see what it's been tested for. And I want to fill in the holes. And oftentimes, a heartworm test has never been done. And we see a lot of these animals show up and you do a heartworm test and say, hey, this is a heartworm positive dog. And so, you know, if you don't do that, that dog may get adopted out. And it may not get to the vet clinic for a couple of months or even the next year. And that dog is heartworm positive. It's a source of infection or exposure for all its friends in the neighborhood. And so, you know, this is a community effort. We need to all protect each other's animals. Such a great point. And I remember when Hurricane Katrina happened and so many people and pets were displaced. Again, great point. We actually had a lot of dogs that were brought up from Katrina. My own dog was adopted from Missouri uh, during another hurricane uh, during uh, Joplin. And, you know, I will say it's frustrating because unfortunately, people uh, don't necessarily spay and neuter or don't have good compliance with preventative care or keeping their pets up to date or on a leash or, you know, fenced in, in the backyard. And as a result, we see a lot of pet owner population, especially in the South. And again, because a lot of our rescues are, or our shelters are empty in Minnesota, we are actually 
importing dogs from the Southeast or Southern states of the United States to uh, help adopt some of these dogs, which is fantastic. But as a result, we saw a huge spike of heartworm, even in Minnesota, as a result after Katrina. So the important thing is for all you amazing animal rescue people, thank you so much for all that you do. Please make sure that when you rescue an animal, or you transport an animal that you're working with your shelter veterinarian or an organization that's going to make sure that these pets are being treated and tested appropriately because it ends up spreading it throughout the United States. Now, if you guys are interested, I always recommend going also to the American Heartworm Society website where you can see maps of where they see heartworm disease. And I'm going to say, just looking at it, 75% of the United States gets heartworm. There's a few tiny corners in, you know, North Dakota or South Dakota, maybe in Nevada, uh, where they don't see it frequently. But in general, my advice to help avoid that costly ER visit is do what your vet does. And I can guarantee you veterinarians have their dogs and cats on heartworm medication. We'll continue with this really important topic right after these messages. Hi, this is Deborah Lau, president of Carnivore Research International. Did you know that people have used Carnivore for their pets successfully for a wide range of immune challenges for many decades? Here are Carnivore clients sharing their pet's testimonial. My cat had issues that developed in his eye, and six months later, they had to go ahead and scrape the eye. And three months later, the same ulcer came back on in the same eye. So my veterinarian said, you know what, let's go ahead and remove the eye. So that night, I heard the carnivore advertising. So I said, you know what, I'm going to order this product. That way, at least I tried. They did the procedure. They did all the tests. To their surprise, they said, I don't know what you did, but I'll see you in two months. I, I kid you not. This product saved his eye. Call 866-836-8735. That's 866-836-8735. Or visit carnivore.com. That's C-A-R-N-I-V-O-R-A.com. Macmillan Audio presents When Harry Met Minnie, a memoir from Martha Teichner, CBS Sunday Morning News correspondent. More than just a boy dog meets girl dog fairy tale, what transpires is a deep and meaningful friendship between two women with complicated lives and a mutual love of bull terriers. Order When Harry Met Minnie today, wherever audiobooks are sold. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> to ER Vet. So excited to be speaking with Dr. Craig Pryor today from CAPSI. Now, when it comes to getting dogs tested for heartworm, how often should you do it and what age should you do it? If your dog's only on medication or preventative, you know, during the spring and summer, do I have to take my dog in every spring to get blood tested? Absolutely. And actually, you know, now because of the, you know, the change in movement of animals, something like this, we now recommend that animals stay on preventives year round, you know, because the heartworm preventives are broad spectrum. Um, it's doing more than just heartworms. And so in the winter months, we see a spike in roundworms and whipworms. And so we can be preventing those with the same medications. But, you know, back to testing, if you have uh, not had your pet on a preventive through the winter, it needs to be tested before it's put back on. And the reason being is that 
you know, if your pet actually had heartworms, you could actually have a reaction with the medication. So we need to be sure that it doesn't have it. We need to be sure it's negative because if it's positive, the sooner we institute treat treatment, the better for your animal. If you change medications, heartworm preventives, you should always test at that time and test six months later as well. So there are some guidelines in there that we need to follow to be sure that we're using medication appropriately and safely. I should also mention for all you ferret owners out there, please be aware that ferrets can also be susceptible to heartworm. And unfortunately, it's actually harder to diagnose it. It's harder to manage, but ferrets are really susceptible to heartworm disease. And you can imagine with their small size, it can only take as little as one or two worms that can result in a major fatality. And you're going to see similar signs such as coughing or sudden death, difficulty breathing, some sometimes abnormal fluid accumulation, not being able to walk. And I always say same exact clinical signs as cats. And I always joke that ferrets are a weasel like cats in disguise or very, very similar anatomically, uh, diet wise and medical problem wise. So again, for all you ferret owners out there, when in doubt, you do also want to talk to a veterinarian. There's not a specific preventative medication uh, for it, but please know ferrets can get heartworm disease. Now, I know there's a couple of different preventatives out there, and a lot of people right now are scared to use chemicals, but I will say these are chemicals that I use. Uh, they are FDA-approved medications to help prevent heartworm disease, and I'll say as a toxicologist, as a veterinarian, and as a pet owner, I use this in my own pets. What do these preventatives do? Do you mind just explaining how they can actually prevent heartworm? Why is it so yes. important an owner give these medications either orally or as an injection through their vet? Uh, so what it's doing is it's killing one of the larval stage after the dog or cat is actually bitten by a mosquito that carries heartworms. The baby, that the larval stage of the heartworm is uh, enters this, the skin and lives in the tissues and the medication kills it at a specific stage. So it stops it from becoming an adult heartworm. And so it's a very fairly narrow window of which which it works under and so it needs to be given appropriately on time every month or the injection given regularly at the right time every year uh, so that's what's very important and the other thing i'll mention too is that you can actually um it, uh you know these preventives are broad spectrum but also you can um, do an even better job if you go after the mosquito as well. So, you know, I like my dogs on a heartworm preventive and the heartworm preventive does more than heartworms. It does intestinal parasites as well, because I don't want my dog getting intestinal parasites. It puts my family at risk as well. But I have my dog also on a topical flea tick medication that, uh, you know, kills and repels fleas and ticks, but also against mosquitoes as well, because I want to double up my protection and I don't want mosquitoes biting my dog either. And so that's another way I'm helping to cut down. Using a topical just to prevent mosquitoes by itself will not prevent heartworms. It will help to cut down. You still need to be on an, a, a preventive as well, specifically for heartworms. But it's a way you, you know, you the oral preventives do the, you know, protects you from the inside. The topicals protect them from the outside. Think of it that way. And I do have to say, since we're on Zoom, Dr. Pryor, your black and white dog is adorable and looks just <laughs> like my black and white dog, <laughs> who's a pit bull mix. You know, honestly, I can't remember to do it every six months, but I usually will know when it's super, super cold. And honestly, this 
this veterinarian gives it monthly. So I don't skip any months. I actually am one of those old school people who still uses a paper calendar. Um, so I just put my little stickers on so I know when to give it. If you can't remember that, there are so many apps that are totally free that will remind you or send you text messages on when to give the preventative. So I always say, think 12. Your dog and cat need 12 months of heartworm preventative. It's important to get them tested for heartworm every 12 months. And again, this is really important to keep your pet healthy. Now, the few times I do see dogs or cats, and we'll just focus on dogs for right now that are heartworm positive, it's really frustrating because as a emergency critical care specialist, one of the reasons that I see that they die is from something called hypercoagulable disease. That is way uh, too much of a mouthful, but hypercoagulability means that the body's ability to clot is way too high. So it makes your pet more likely to have a life-threatening clot. This is almost equivalent of a stroke. It's actually a pulmonary thromboembolism or a pulmonary embolism, what we call a PTE or a PE. And unfortunately, this can be life-threatening. And so these, you can imagine these little worms are crawling and clogging the inside of your a dog and cat's heart and lung. And that makes a lot of secondary damage to those vessels and makes them more likely to have that clot. And as a result, we are serious as veterinarians when we say to you as a pet owner, your dog has to be exercise restricted for six months to a year. Because if he gets out and goes for a walk or run, he can throw one of these life-threatening clots. Well, no one-year-old, two-year-old dog wants to be crate rested for a year. They're going to be completely hyper and crazy, right? They haven't gotten any exercise. So instead of the thousands of dollars that you're going to spend on x-rays and an ultrasound of the heart, and the ultrasound of an abdomen and clotting tests and medications and treatment for heartworm, you can avoid all that. And typically I'd say the average heartworm treatment costs about three to $5,000. You can prevent that with basically a couple hundred dollars worth of medication. Now, when it comes to treatment, specifically in dogs, Dr. Pryor, how do these medications work and what are the options out there for treatment? So the major treatment we're using is an injectable. And so, well, actually, let me back up and say that we actually, when we're treating animals, we put them on a, an antibiotic called doxycycline to start with. And so what I typically do is if we've got a diagnosis of a heartworm positive dog, we know that they've got adults in the heart and lungs. We then check for the microfilaria or the babies in the bloodstream. We treat those and we put these animals on preventives, heartworm preventives to prevent them from getting any more. We then put them on an antibiotic called doxycycline because what it does is it actually gets rid of a type of bacteria that's on the outside of the heartworm. And by eliminating that, it's we believe it makes the heartworms more susceptible to treatment. So they're on that for a month and then we give them an injection of a special drug called melasamine and it's an arsenic type compound and that sounds really scary but it's a very safe drug it's been tested extensively in dogs and what that does is start to kill the heartworms and so we start to kill the heartworms and then it's on restricted exercise a month later they get two injections a day apart and then that's the final part of that adult treatment and those worms slowly then start to die and as they die, they're, they are moving to the vessels of the lungs and that's where they're broken down. And so, you know, it's a very controlled type of treatment. The dogs have to be on very restricted exercise. And then we test them again about uh, four to six months later to make sure that 
we eliminated all the heartworms. And so that's sort of the basics of the treatment. But it's incredibly important that they go on to heartworm prevention and stay on them because, you know, we don't, we don't want this recurring. Well, it's not like Dr. Pryor and I are trying to scare you, but I think the important thing is as veterinarians, we do see heartworm positive dogs, cats and ferrets, and the treatment and the prognosis uh, can be really frustrating. It's expensive to treat. It causes a lot of long-term damage to your pet and it can be fatal. Rarely it requires really expensive surgery of the blood vessels. And so I always tell people, you really, really want to avoid heartworm disease. It's the best way for you to avoid a costly visit to the ER doctor or to a cardiologist or to a veterinary specialist. And so please know we're not just trying to sell you something. We're not trying to upcharge you something. Your pet truly does need heartworm preventative. So again, when in doubt, you always want to get tested first. So you want to test your dog first before you start it. And heartworm medication is a prescription medication. So if you think you're protecting your pet by buying it at, you know, whatever store, whatever warehouse store, that's usually for flea and tick medication. That is not for heartworm medication. Okay. So you have to talk to your veterinarian about getting your pet heartworm tested first and then starting that medication. And again, when in doubt, the safest thing is to treat all year round. In a previous episode of ER Vet, Dr. Pryor and I talked about roundworms and hookworms and whipworms and all these other gross parasites that can live in your pet's intestinal tract. And the good thing is a lot of these heartworm medications will also help keep those worms out of your yard, out of your pet. So they're also going to help treat that. Dr. Pryor, any last tips you want to leave us with when it comes to heartworm disease? Well, you know, firstly, I'll just say that I've seen many dogs die from heartworm disease and it's a slow, ugly, ugly disease to see. And it's just so heartbreaking. So, you know, I never want to see another dog die of heartworm disease. If you want to see, you know, we also do the Companion Animal Parasite Council does forecasting and we forecast heartworm disease as well. So if you want to see what the risk is in your area, in your county over the next 30 days, then go to petdisealerts.org and go to our forecast maps and you can look at what heartworm is showing up and what your risk is for your pet. So that will help you understand that it is a year-round disease, even in the middle of winter, even if the threat is low, it's still there. You know, low threat does not mean no threat. Remember, it only takes one mosquito. Thank you, Dr. Pryor. Fantastic information and really appreciate you being on today. Again, those websites are petsandparasites.org. You can also go to the American Heartworm Society, ton of different resources out there. But when in doubt, please keep your dog and cat protected and your ferret because we really want to prevent this disease. Um, It can, again, be fatal and result in a lot of long-term complications. Dr. Pryor, thank you so much for joining us today. My absolute pleasure. Glad to be here. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. Find me at Dr. Justine Lee on Facebook or Instagram at Dr. Justine Lee or email me your pet questions at drjustine at petliferadio.com. With that, we're out of time. And again, we want to give a huge shout out to Dr. Craig Pryor and Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.